Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Club Junkie Podcast. It means it's Wednesday morning, and it means if you're in Metro Detroit, you probably woke up to snow on the ground. Um, yeah, it stinks, man. <laughs> it's just that's part of living in Michigan. You just kind of get you kind of get kicked in the face every once in a while with some winter weather when you're expecting golf to start up. So Thursday's supposed to be or tomorrow's supposed to be my first night of league. We'll see. We'll see if the snow melts today. It's supposed to be forty. If the snow melts today and all that. Uh, it's supposed to be like 50 tomorrow. We should play, but there's a chance we don't. Who knows? So it, it's been snowing since literally two yesterday at like 2, 3 o'clock. It started snowing at my house, and it was just kind of like wet, sleety, whatever. And by the time it was like almost dinner time, like 4, 4 it was like big flakes. So um, just the way mission goes. And then my wife reminded me that last year, I think uh, it was something like late April, beginning of May, we actually had snow. So, um, yeah, it just stinks, but, but all good. I'm like I said, hopefully it'll warm up by the end of the week. Hopefully my league starts on time and then we have some fun stuff to talk about because league's always a disaster with me, it seems. But anyway, before we get going, just want to let you know this episode brought to you by Titleist Pro V1, Pro V1X golf balls. So, uh, you know, Pro V1, Pro V1X, Pretty much that's where the bar set, uh, you know, in terms of a, a premium tour-level golf ball. Uh, if you're looking for softer feel, a little flatter ball flight, uh, you know, and really low spin off the driver, Pro V1 is your ball. If you're looking for something that flies maybe just a little higher, uh, has a slightly firmer feel, and uh, but still has pretty low spin, around the, you know, low spin off the driver, uh, Pro V1X. So both have a ton of short game spin and control, extremely consistent. Uh, they've been basically redesigned uh, this year from core to cover. So it's not just, you know, putting a new little logo on the ball and calling it that. It's been totally redesigned. So, um, you know, like I said, if, if you're looking for something a little softer feel, a little lower ball flight, Pro V1. If you're looking for something, you know, maybe just a hair firmer uh, and uh, a little higher ball flight, Pro V1X. I played Pro V1X for a while last year just because I was hitting the ball really flat. Uh, and then I actually transitioned back to Pro V1 near the end of the year when I started hitting a little better. So um, I, I, I kind of switched between both a little bit, which is great. Um, but yeah, Pro V1, Pro V1X, check out Titleist.com, check out more about them. Uh, but yeah, Pro V1, Pro V1X, it's, uh, you know, the ball for uh, the number one ball in golf. So check them out, the new ones for, for 2021. <clears throat> so yeah, it's a... Uh, it's another week. I actually played uh, over the weekend. I, I, I mean, I, I shouldn't even admit that because it was so bad. Um, it definitely was a round that's helping my handicap go up, which is awesome because um, I need that badly. But actually, I played on Thursday night, and then I played uh, on Sunday as well. So 36 holes in a week. I mean, it's the first time I've done that since last year. Super excited about it. It was super fun. Um, I went Thursday, played with a guy at the office. I uh, went and played at his uh, his club at, at Dearborn Country Club, and then all, uh, we went through and um, you know had a little you know there was a little skins game. There was like three groups, so it was uh, it was pretty fun. I won a skin. I guess unfortunately there were a ton of skins won that night, uh, but I won one of them. I chipped in just off the green on hole two for an a birdie net eagle. Uh, which was pretty cool, um, considering the first hole was kind of a disaster. I played that horribly, and then I came back on two, hit one pretty much right down the middle. I uh, thought I had actually hit a great wedge shot in there, um, and it came up just short. I was just, you know, maybe a foot off the fringe, and, uh, you know, took my little Vokey SM8 uh, pitching wedge, knocked it on there, just rolled up, broke just a hair right, and uh, and fell right in. So it was just, uh, it was perfect. It was uh, a good way to 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 get that rolling um overall i didn't i didn't play really well I, I hit some really good shots i just didn't i putted terribly uh and i didn't get off the tee well so those two things really killed me uh on thursday and then honestly uh there was pretty much uh nothing on sunday that went right other than i, I didn't putt too badly i i thought i putted pretty well uh, i didn't make a ton of putts but i didn't I wasn't hitting it ten feet by. I wasn't doing. I was hitting it on the lines. I wanted to hit it. I mean, everything was like kind of there. I just didn't score. I just didn't get in the hole. So, uh, so on Thursday, I shot eighty eight, and just like I said, I mean, I mean, I had some really good holes, and I just had like I just went on like streaks where I just make bogey and double bogey, and um, it was just not. I mean, just like I said, just not hitting the ball well, and, and especially off the tee, and it. If you've ever played Dearborn Country Club or if you ever get the chance to, it's it's short. I mean, it's not very long, but it's very tight. And if you don't hit the fairway, you're going to be punching out. And it's just going to cost you strokes. And it just 
adds up and adds up and adds up. And I hit it into fairway bunkers. I hit it under trees. I just hit it everywhere but the fairway. Uh, and in the couple holes that I did hit it on the fairway, I, I ended up with, you know, like it said, either birdies or pars. Like I, I hit it well on those holes. It's just unfortunate there were only a couple of those holes. So um, it was a struggle. I didn't, uh, what did I putt with that day? Uh, I putted with, I putted with Odyssey 10 that day, I think. Um, and just, like I said, just got nothing going. Uh, I don't know what it is. I just did, like I said, I'm not going to blame the putter, but but it wasn't great. Um, and then on Sunday, I, I had I put the two-line Chicago back in the bag and, and putted with that. And like I said, I, I putted really well. I, I thought I, I got the stuff on the lines I wanted to get it on. I, I just either maybe, you know, just hit it a little firm through the break or just didn't hit it hard enough and, and things like that. So I really only hit a handful of really good shots on that day as well. Um, and then on Sunday... Uh, I absolutely blew up and shot 96. So I uh, I took a seven on one, and I actually hit a decent ball. I mean, it was just like I hit a decent ball, but I hit it left. It was in the rough, not a big deal. Totally early extension over the top, smoked it left, hit a tree, fell down, uh, and that hole one at Bella Vista is like straight up a hill the green is. And uh, I hit a little, uh, uh, what I thought was actually a pretty good wedge shot, and it hit, and it was wet out the dew, ball came rolling all the way back down the hill had to chip it back up i mean it was just like you know just a disaster so after starting that one off it was uh um it wasn't great but uh, but i had fun like i said even shooting the funny thing shooting 96 usually i'd get so mad and i'd get so angry and i'd i may even see who kim a, a putter or something like that and just you know break a club get mad smack it against them. i actually had a good time my, my brother my brother and i went out and played it was a it started out as a really cold day got pretty nice by the time we were done and uh i still had fun i didn't get mad i just kind of plugged along and just kind of i guess uh you know laughed at the fact that i could hit the ball anywhere close to straight or anywhere where i needed to hit it um but it was still a good time had fun so i'm, I'm not uh, i'm not bummed about that handicaps up to a 9.7 which is uh i mean it's it's not good for your ego but i guess it's good for if i need to play any kind of tournaments or anything like that so uh or at least just trending up i don't know if it I, maybe on monday it it did uh what is it every week now it uh it basically uh resets itself or it what do they call it it uh validates itself or whatever um either way it's it's like i said not good for the psyche great for the uh the, the actual handicap at a tournament or something like that so if you need a partner um you need somebody to you know if they have a good day uh you know get out there and play and i'm I, and they're you know a, a 10 that may be better than a 10 i'm your man so uh <laughs> it's not but, uh, but it was fun. Like I said, it was good. Uh, we had a good time. Um, I'm happy to get out there. Like I said, I'm hoping to play tomorrow, hoping league starts up. Um, I'm not really excited for the the whole league, like like, like skins thing. So, like, I, 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 I do skins in our league, which it was handed down to me from another guy who had done it for, I couldn't tell you how long, but he basically retired from doing skins and handed it off to me. Uh, or it was it wasn't even handed off. It was basically put on me because... I quote unquote win all the skins, which isn't anywhere close to true, but whatever. That's what uh, that's what everybody thinks. So I got put on it, and I'll tell you what the thing I, the thing I don't like about running skins in my league is the fact that it's just pure distraction up until the fact that you tee honestly up until you leave the tee box. It's nothing but pure distraction because nobody has changed. Like like it's five bucks to get in on skins, right? It's five bucks in our league, so you put in five. Every single person has a twenty. Nobody has a five. Everybody has 20s. So everybody always comes up asking for change. Um, and you usually have it for part of the time, but but then you soon run out of fives and singles or whatever to give people. Uh, and then at the end of the day, there's always guys who are, you know, you didn't see, you know, if you're, if you're in one of the first couple groups off, you know, guys show up late, whatever, then you got to wait till any of the night, you got to collect the money from them, you got to do it. it. It's just like, it, it's just a pure, like I said, distraction uh, of, the, uh, of, of your day. And I just don't love doing it. And then now, um, you know, with, with more working from home, with uh, everything still, I wouldn't call it locked down, but more working from home that I, I did like last year, I don't hang around with the guys. And, you know, well, there's, you don't really hang around and have beers now anyway. So I don't really hang around with the guys afterwards. I, I kind of get home. And a lot of times my wife and I will pack up the little one, head down to my parents' place uh, that, that's on a lake down in Coldwater. And uh, we'll go down uh, at night. That way the little one can sleep the whole ride. And we can put her right to bed, and it's just easy to do. Uh, and then 
work from uh from from down there on Friday, which is nice because I can we can both kind of hand our daughter off to my parents and <laughs> let them kind of uh hang out with her and babysit and all that and it it just works out really well. Um so I don't really hang out after the thing. So it's like, you know, I, I don't want to wait around and have to wait for guys to come in and pay me and all this stuff. So I don't really want to do it. So I, I, I'm, I'm probably still going to get stuck with it because I don't think anybody's going to volunteer to take it away from me. Um, but people still want to do it. And uh, so I, I'm probably just going to set it up where this year I'm going to basically take all the money, uh, you know, like this week, like week one, collect all the money, who's in, who's not, you know, get all that stuff down. And then after uh, we put all our scores into the uh, the we use this uh, golf league network software throw all the scores in there and then uh, you know we'll have it uh, you know I'll, I'll go through see what skins are won and then the following week you'll get paid for your skins so um, you won't get your instant gratification of getting paid but at least I think it will make my life a little easier so um, it'd be interesting to hear everybody you know anybody who's listening their thoughts on that um, like I said I or if there's somebody who runs skins in their league and has like an easier way to do it or has figured something out because like I said, for me, it's just, uh, you know, like I said, it, it's just like pure distraction every time I'm, uh, I'm doing it. So, but, uh, anyway, it's, uh, another, like I said, week, we got some uh, stuff. It's funny. I'm going to, I'm going to talk today about, uh, um, something that I've, <laughs> I've mentioned a bunch of times that I've used and I've never done like an actual, um, what do you call it? Uh, like my, I just not turned my TV on down here. Um, but I've never actually like talked about it in terms of like reviewing or anything. Uh, but I know I've mentioned using it a bunch before. So, uh, the first thing I'm going to talk about today is the Rapsodo MLM personal launch monitor. And I know the personal launch monitor space is one that's extremely, uh, interesting right now. It's, uh, you know, one of those things where it's, you know, everybody wants a personal launch monitor. Everybody wants, you know, everybody wants TrackMan. Uh, type data, type accuracy, type everything, but everybody wants to pay 500 bucks, and uh, it it doesn't unfortunately work that way. But um, you know, it's uh, it's one of those things. So the the Rapsodo uh, MLM is their personal golf launch monitor. So uh, if you haven't uh, heard of them yet, I know there's a few other personal launch monitors out there, uh, but personal launch monitors are basically launch monitors that you can buy for you know a much lower price than the tens to twenties of thousands of dollars that, you know, TrackMan and GC Quad and, you know, some of these other, you know, models cost. Um, and they, they, they have scaled down versions of data, you know, they don't all give every single, uh, piece of data that some of those bigger units get. Um, but that's okay. I mean, there's still valuable data to be had from a lot of these units out there. And, you know, you don't necessarily need to go to the range of the full TrackMan unit to get something out of it. And I think that's where there's a little bit of disconnect between a lot of us golfers. And, and trust me, I'm the same way. Like, if I could afford a TrackMan unit or a GC Quad or something like that, I would definitely have one. Um, to be 100% honest, if I had just, you know, unlimited gobs of money like, you know, the guys on tour do, I'd probably be one of those a-holes and be sitting on the range with a GC Quad and a TrackMan just to see what the differences are for no real reason other than that. But... um you know, but but like I said, these personal launch monitors are getting really good. They're getting really, you know, they're offering, you know, the data that you need uh, and scaling out some of the stuff that you probably don't need uh, in order to to still make it useful. And uh, like I said, the Rapsodo the MLM has had a lot of good reviews. It's been talked about a lot. Like I said, I've been using it on the range a lot just to, uh, you know, for the most part, get kind of distance numbers. I mean, that that's kind of the biggest thing I use it for is just kind of see distance and ball speed because, uh, the biggest things, it, it, you know, that it, that it gives, uh, you know, it, it doesn't have spin. I mean, we'll just, you know, come out right now and say it. It doesn't have spin, uh, and it doesn't have, you know, a spin axis and things like that. Like, it doesn't have any club data. It's not going to tell you, you know, if uh, the club face was open, if it was closed, if it was, you know, anything like that. It's just not going to have that kind of stuff. Uh, but that's, like I said, that that's fine because you don't necessarily need it to, you know, to still get some use out of it, to still find it being you know, uh, a useful unit to get, uh, some useful stuff on the range out of it. Um, so I basically, like I said, I use it a lot of times just to go to the range and there's two things, one for distance, uh, I use it for that and, and two ball speed. So, you know, if, are, are you hitting in the center of the club face? So, um, now the, uh, the unit itself is, is pretty tiny. It comes in a little case that looks exactly like a, uh, uh, laser rangefinder case. So if you have like a Bushnell or a, a, uh, uh, Precision Pro or something like that, 
uh, pretty much the exact same case. Uh, it's the same size. You can clip it to your bag, uh, which is pretty much what I do. Clip it to your bag. It's right there when you go to the range. Uh, it also has a, an at-home at like net feature, which you can hit into the net, which I, I've used as well, just because, you know, especially when, you know, you know, when you have kids, you can't always get to the range when you want to. So sometimes I'll just set up the net in the backyard and hit a few balls into that, and it, it works great also. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it comes in a nice little case. It's pretty easy. It's a pretty tiny, uh, pretty tiny unit. So it's, you know, easy to carry around, easy to set up. And it basically has, uh, you know, the stuff that it's going to give you are basically, you know, it's going to give you club head speed. Uh, it's going to give you distance, or I'm sorry, it's going to give you ball speed, distance. It's going to give you club head speed, but it's kind of uh, averaged out. Uh, it'll give you a smash factor number, launch angle, uh, launch direction. You know, the ball went, you know, right, left. Uh, and like I said, it'll give you distance, whether it's distance or carry. You can kind of set it up uh, for whichever one that, that you would like. But uh, I set it up just for carry number. I don't really care about the distance portion of it. It doesn't matter if it tries to estimate, you know, if it's trying to estimate the roll or whatever. I don't care about that either, If I even if I had, you know, a, a full-blown TrackMan unit. So, um, but yeah, I mean, setting it up is super simple. I mean, you basically, uh, you go in, and once you download the, you know, Rapsodo app, you basically fire that thing up, and well, I mean, you got to, put an account in there or whatever but once you fill you know you set that thing up you get to the range and you basically pop open the little unit itself which is again pretty tiny it's a it's basically about like three iphones stacked on top of each other would be about the size of it you know if you had like an iphone 12 it would be about those like three of those stacked on top of each other so pretty thin pretty small unit uh and then you open it up and you open it up the top just kind of slides open and you actually put your phone on the unit so you put your phone in there and basically, your phone does all the calculations. It, it's basically your display, uh, and then it also takes a video of each swing. So when you have, when you go back, you can actually look at the video of the swing you made. So if you look at like, you know, a swing where you notice your ball speed's really high, or you know, something about it, uh, and then you notice there's a swing where things aren't so good, you can kind of compare the two and look at the actual swing because it takes a video of the swing with the camera on your phone. So uh, you basically turn it on, you set your phone up into it. Uh, and then you set the uh, the device, I think it's like six or eight feet behind you, and uh, start hitting away. And then you can set up in the app, you can set up your bags, you can tell it, you know, hey, I play a driver, I play a three-wood, five-wood, then whatever. Uh, but you can basically set up, uh, you know, your bag in there because you set up your own little profile. And then you just can, you know, hit balls, uh, on, you know, through it. And, you know, it's pretty automatic. It, it actually uses GPS. So like when you go to your range, it'll actually have you kind of pick where you are on the range, um, which my, <laughs> the range that I go to now and a lot of times in, in Royal Oak, it, it's kind of covered. So it's hard to exactly tell where you are sometimes. But overall, as long as you're pretty close, it's not a big deal. And then it has your direction where you hit it. Uh, but it, it gives you some nice stuff. It can get you kind of the side view of where all the balls land. So you can kind of look and see, you know, drivers here, three wood, and you can kind of get a, a sense of gapping. You can get a bird's eye view look and see what dispersion's like. Um, and then, you know, it's also got some some interesting little features where you can kind of hold the club up to the camera on your phone. Uh, and if you hold it there for a few seconds, it'll usually recognize uh, the number on the bottom and automatically switch over to like seven iron or eight iron or whatever you're hitting. Um, it doesn't work as well with raw irons. I've found that with really dark irons that have black, like I have black paint fill in the, in the numbers. Um, and then with a raw iron, it doesn't read it as well with standard Chrome stuff. It reads it actually, you know, really easily, but I found with some of the raw irons or if you have like black irons with black paint fill, it's a little harder for the camera to read. So you're probably not, you're going to have to go basically just touch the button and pick, you know, what club you're hitting. Um, but yeah, it's, it's it's really easy to set up and really easy to use, which is nice, which is why I usually set it up on the range because it takes no time. Now, you know, like you see some of these guys on tour who are running around throwing down like a GC quad in the middle of the fairway, um, you, you're not really going to be able to do that just because, at least I don't think so, because you're, I mean, you're, you kind of have to tell it where you are in terms of GPS. Um, and then also you know, to have a directional setting and all that. It's just going to, I think, take a few too, uh, too many minutes or, too, you know, a little bit of time to, to get that set up to actually use it like on a golf hole. Like if you had a, you know, if you hit your drive, I don't think you're going to pack it up, run it out there, set it back up again behind you, and then hit another ball into the green. I just don't think you're going to do that. Um, I haven't even tried it. I'm just not going to. Um, 
partly because if I'm playing golf, it's I've got enough distractions. I don't need to have another one. Um, but on the range, it works really well. I think it's uh, it's really good for kind of keeping track of club averages in terms of distance, uh, you know, height, things like that, ball speed. All those things are really good to keep track of. It, it is kind of nice to look at dispersion uh, from that bird's eye view after you're done with a range session to go back and kind of look at all the clubs you hit, kind of look at where they're at. You can kind of tell you're gapping a little bit. Um, all those things are really simple to do. It's right there on your phone. Um, the downside, I'll give you one downside as I'm going through this. It's only Apple uh, devices right now. There's no Android stuff, so that is a, a little bit of a bummer for you Android users. Uh, but I've been an Apple guy for a long time, so um, it's not, you know, it isn't a big deal for me, but I know for a lot of people that is uh, something that, you know, to, to definitely consider. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, like I said, you get the... Uh, the, the distances are, are like I said, I, I set it up for just carry distances. Uh, just have carry distances. Uh, like I said, the ball speed is a big one I look at just to know, especially with the top end of the bag, are you hitting it close to center? Are you hitting the ball speeds that you usually hit? Um, and to tell you, you know, because a lot of times you can go to the range, you can hit a ball that, that sounds and feels really good. And, you know, did it actually go that far? What was the ball speed on it? Is your swing, you know, are you, you know, swinging efficiently, all that. And, and like I said, ball speed's the one, you know, carries the one I look at the most, ball speed's second. Uh, and then I do look at the kind of the height portion of it, uh, you know, while I'm actually hitting. So those things there are all super easy to use. They're right there on the, on the app. I mean, it's like big letters and numbers, super easy to hit a ball, look back, see what it was and kind of go through. And, uh, you know, it, it, like I said, the bag portion of it allows you to kind of build your bag. Unfortunately for me, I need like a hundred club tags. I need like drivers one through six and, you know, two iron sets or whatever. But, uh, as I've talked to the, the, the guys, the people at Rapsodo, I don't think that's super high on their development list. Um, but it's something I wish they had. But like I said, once you build your bag, you can go in there, start hitting different clubs and it'll keep like kind of a, a, a big log of each range session, each, you know, club, how far you're hitting it. It'll keep you, you know, averages, all that stuff. Um, I know for a lot of people, it's going to be unfortunately eye-opening to how far you average on average hit specific clubs with, you know, like a seven iron where, you know, a lot of people think, oh, I hit it 165 and the, you know, that that's my number. And then when you start looking at, yes, when you flush it and hit it absolutely perfect and all the stars align, you hit it 165, but realistically you hit it 158 on average and, and things like that. It's it's really kind of eye-opening in that sense. And it and it does kind of humble you a little bit because it does just give you that carry number and, and there's the number. And you know, whether you wanna kind of believe it or not, you know, that is your number. Um accuracy-wise and distance, I think it's pretty darn good. Uh, you know, again, people are always gonna say, is it as good as Trackman, whatever. Uh, you know, Rapsodo's done some independent testing and they've got some uh, numbers where it's, you know, single digit percent. You know, in terms of carry distance, it's less than 2%, you know, or in terms of track man to them, it's less than a 2% variable. Uh, ball speeds, like, less than 1%. Launch angles within, like, one you know, one degree. So it's, uh, it is it is pretty accurate. I've noticed that uh, the the lower stuff in the bag, all the irons, all that is, is really, I think, on point. Like, it really is accurate in terms of what it gives when you're hitting, you know, full wedge shots and, uh, you know, short irons, things like that. I think it's pretty much right there because especially when you miss it, you really kind of see that drop off and, and you then you kind of start thinking about on the course, you know, man, I did, I, you know, I hit one last week off the toe there, you know, there and I ended up in the trap and da da da, da And you start thinking about the distances that you lose. And uh, I think it's it, it's very accurate there. Um, you know, longer in the bag, I think, you know, with the longer clubs, the longer distances, I, I've noticed just maybe a slight bit more dispersion uh, or, you know, variable what I think it's doing. Uh, I haven't put it next to a track man, so I can't say. But uh, for the most part, all my driver stuff is is pretty darn close. I mean, it's, uh, you know, the ball speed wise, you know, at the range, I think ball speed's a little lower just because the balls they have are not, you know, the newest balls. I mean, but I think that's you know that that's nothing to do with M, you know MLM. I think it's just recording what those range balls are doing because what I was hitting at the range, which just in terms of visual, uh, I know the back of the net at the Royal Oak range is like depending on where you are is right around 260 yards, um, and a lot of my shots I was hitting were landing basically right before that. And looking on the unit, everything I was hitting was about you know carry wise 250 ish whatever. And then I go out to the course, and you know I'm definitely hitting a little farther than that. And I blame more of that of the ball than anything else, because like I said, what I could see on the range was pretty much validated by the MLM. So 
those type of things are really good. Like I said, dispersion is really a cool one too. When you when you go through and, and after your session, you can basically look at the bird's eye view and you can look at every shot you hit. You can look at just specific clubs, um, just specific shots. I mean, you can kind of pick a lot. You can kind of go through the data really and, and kind of fine tune to what you're looking for. Uh, but the dispersion part's pretty cool. I mean, you can kind of hit, uh, you know, like what, what I do because I, I take so many clubs out there. A lot of times I'll hit like, you know, the first 10 balls with one club, the second, you know, the second 10 with another. And then you can kind of see where those shots kind of end up. And it's it, it's interesting to be able to see kind of what you're doing with, with a lot of these clubs. And, you know, is it designed for fitting? No. But is it designed that you can kind of compare two clubs and get a good feel for kind of how they're they're working for you? Yes, definitely. Um, I think you can definitely take a look at some of the gapping in your bag and see where you, uh, you know, where things are, are maybe coming together and where things are maybe sp- spaced out too far. Uh, I did that actually... After I redid my ZX7s and I, you know, had them stripped and I rebuilt them and all that, I realized that I never actually checked the loft and lies after they got stripped and all that. And I noticed on the course, I thought that, um, what was it? Eight iron was kind of coming up short, but seven iron was, and you know, seven, six, all that were all kind of, we're all flying normal, but like that eight iron seemed to go short, uh, as is the, the nine iron then my pitching wedge was kind of getting close to my nine iron. There was just like a little bunch there. And after I threw them on the, the, uh, my loft line machine noticed that that eight iron was a little weak. The nine iron was a touch weak and then everything else was fine. So those two clubs, like, you know, like I said, on the course, I kind of noticed it. I noticed, definitely noticed it then with the MLM that there was just a, kind of a little bit more of a gap there and was able to kind of bend those clubs and, you know, I, I didn't hit them very well this weekend, so I can't really 100% tell you that, uh, <laughs> that it's 100% fixed. But, uh, you know, but but definitely there's some stuff there. So, um, you know, with this thing, I, I think there's a lot to use for it. I think there's a lot of good uses for it. You can definitely, you know, yes, you're not going to get the spin numbers and all that. But I don't think, you know, you know, I, you know, for what it's made for, you're not going out to fit yourself. You know, you're not going to go out and compare shafts and try to figure out 500 RPMs of spin difference. Um, I think it's a great thing to just use to kind of keep track of your practice and, you know, see where you're at. And if you kind of notice some trends and things like that, that it can help you diagnose those things. Um, and I think using it more as a tool for that is, is really good. Um, like I said, you can use it at home in a net. I've been doing that too. Uh, I think accuracy wise, it's, it's pretty darn close. I think it loses maybe a hair, uh, with the net compared to outdoors. Um, but nothing crazy. And you still get some of the dispersion stuff, which is pretty cool. Uh, I didn't expect to get uh, a lot of that. You don't get the shot tracer that you get on the outdoor stuff. So when you're video, you have like a little shot tracer. Uh, and it's actually pretty accurate in terms of where the ball goes. Every once in a while, it'll sh- throw, sh- throw a funky one in there. But but then again, every time, you know, every once in a while, you'll be hitting a track, man. And every once in a while, you'll have one that all of a sudden gives you 9,000 RPM of spin with the driver. So, you know, all these things that, you know, there's always going to be those those variable shots that, that are in there. And you can always delete them as well. But uh, the indoor stuff, uh, you know, indoor slash net works really well. Like I said, if you can't go to the range, I'll do that and I'll put it down there. And then I really just look at, at ball speed. You know, am I hitting the center of the club? Like that's my main focus is, is looking at the ball speed number on uh, on each shot. And, you know, that's going to tell me, am I hitting a flush? Am I hitting at center? Um, and, you know, launch to a little bit, that launch angle of, of where it's going. So I don't focus as much on the carry number when I'm hitting into the net as I do, you know, trying to hit the center of the club uh, and trying to make sure I'm, I'm hitting it high enough. But Overall, I think it's a, a really good tool to kind of help with your your practice and help keep you on track and help keep things dialed in. Um, you know, if you're looking for a true fitting tool, you know that's what not this is this is what this is designed for. It does have some cool stuff that they're bringing out that I haven't messed with. Uh, they're doing this Coach Connect, which if you have a coach that uh, uses the the Rapsodo software, it'll basically link up to them and they can see all your practice sessions and all that and, and basically do kind of a little more remote coaching, which looks pretty cool. I haven't messed with it. They've got some long drive games. Uh, some, I think it's closer to the pin games. Like there's some cool different stuff in there that, that I haven't even messed with yet. Um, but the coach connect thing is kind of interesting where you could have, uh, you know, your coach kind of follow along with all your numbers and, um, and kind of, you know, help you out through that instead of just, you know, sending you a video of, hey, try this, they can actually look and see, oh, well, you know, you're not hitting it, or hitting it high enough, you're not whatever, uh, and basically directly linking it to them, which is pretty cool. So like I said, that's stuff I haven't messed with. But for me, like I said, on the range, it's great just kind of comparing drivers a little bit in terms of launch, distance, 
um, is great. And then, like I said, just kind of keeping track of are you hitting it well? Is your ball speed up? And are you hitting it straight? You know, look at your dispersion. Are you hitting it straight? Uh, is the gapping looking correct? All that. Like those things are just really nice to keep track of. And you don't even have to really think about doing it. You just set the unit up, start going, and you're done. And the other nice thing is it does use your phone. So you're kind of like, oh, man, my phone's not there. You can still listen to music while it tracks all your shots and does all the stuff. Because that was the one thing I was kind of worried about because I like listening to, you know, listening to music, have a little playlist going while I'm hitting balls. And uh, you can still do that with this thing running, which is pretty nice. So, um, yeah, overall, I'm, I'm pretty happy with it. I, I think it's a, a really good unit. Like I said, for the money, I think it's uh, it's probably one of the better options out there that you can get for for 500 bucks. Um, I know every once in a while they they have some sales on it too. I think just a few weeks ago it was like you know you know 75 bucks off or something like that. So if you uh, if you keep an eye out for it, you can probably get it even cheaper than that. But yeah, the Rapsodo MLM is uh, just a really solid unit to keep track of your game, keep track of your equipment, and uh, make sure everything's kind of on track as you, as you go through the summer. Uh, and like I said, it's it's you know easy to use. It's simple. It's got a ton of features and. Uh, like I said, so far I've been pretty happy with it, and like I said, I'll continue to use it throughout the throughout the summer and throughout my time at the range. So, if you go to uh, rapsoto.com uh, and you click on golf, it's got all the information there about it. You can either check out they've got, got like the the document they had where they have uh, an independent tester put it against TrackMan. So it's uh, it's pretty cool. They've got all that data for you to look at, and um, and yeah. So uh, if you're looking for something, and you want a, kind of a personal launch monitor. Definitely check out the MLM. I think it's uh, you know one of the better options out there for you, uh, you know, especially at this price point. So anyway, it was fun to use it, um, and then uh, you know we're going to talk a little bit about uh, some some other options, some stuff I've been hitting uh, over the past few weeks. Nothing's kind of crazy new or anything, but uh, just some some two kind of two things I've been hitting and, and really kind of have been impressed with lately. And uh, we'll talk about those. But before I do, uh, you know. The Fujikura Vista Pro. Uh, I know I've talked about it before. The Vista Pro is Fujikura's line that's kind of built specifically for club fitters, and it's built to fit a wide range of golfers. And I've got the driver shaft behind me. Um, I definitely have a hybrid and iron shaft above me somewhere. Uh, but the Vista Pro series is is, is really. It's really a good shaft, and I think people look at it, and they're going to look at the price point and say, ah, it's not that good, it's not a Ventus, or whatever. You're doing yourself a disservice if you haven't hit the Vista Pro. The Vista Pro is uh, it's it's a full-range shaft. Uh, the wood uh, is a flighted line, so the lighter stuff is going to launch a little higher, have a little more spin. Uh, as you get to the heavier, stiffer flexes, they're going to launch lower, have less spin. Uh, the woods are, are basically go from 40 to 75 grams. So, I mean, there's something in there for everybody. Uh, I played the 65X legit stout. It plays as an X. Uh, it's super solid. It's very consistent. Um, if you think this is just like a cheap whatever shaft just that, you know, fitters can use, you, you're dead wrong. Um, they've taken a ton of learnings from Velo Core. They've built a brand new bias core into it uh, that is super consistent, super tight. Um, you know, the 65X is true, like, kind of mid to slight mid-high launch, uh, pretty boring ball flight. I would say it's fairly probably mid-spin, if if not mid-low. Uh, it's very accurate. The iron shafts uh, as well, super consistent, super accurate, have a good solid feel to them, really soft, reduce a ton of vibrations. So, you know, if you have wrist, elbow, shoulder, back pain, whatever, they take away a ton of that vibration, but you don't have to worry about them being, you know, wet noodles or anything like that they're definitely you know they play true to flex uh and then uh, they make a hybrid shaft also that was actually way more stout than i thought i put it in uh, uh my uh my maverick pro from last year and hit that thing and was shocked that it actually did kind of almost lower that ball flight just a touch uh and again really good solid feel to it really accurate um, I, I was I was kind of blown away by how well these things played. So, uh, you know, check out the Vista Pro series from Fujikura. It's brand new out, just came out uh, uh, beginning of the year. But I know it's designed for fitters, but it's designed for everybody. It's got, like I said, weight and flexes for, you know, any golfer out there. And uh, this stuff is really high quality, really solid. So uh, check it out. Go to FujikuraGolf.com. Check out the Vista Pro series. Uh, I know I've been chatting with some people in DMs, and some guy was looking for a kind of a mid-launch shaft. Heard me talk about Vista Pro. I was like, yeah, I think it would be a, a you know, 75-gram would be a perfect fairway shaft, fairway wood shaft. Uh, he put it in his fairway, said he's been loving it, just killing it. So um, 
you know, like I said, you, you know, it's for the price, for the bang, for the buck, it's uh, it's phenomenal. So, like I said, check out FujikuraGolf.com. Check out the Vista Pro series of iron shafts, wood shafts, and hybrid shafts because they're, they're, they're really, really, really good. So, um, so, yeah, so now I've played a little bit. You guys have heard I've got two rounds in this week. So that means I got to hit some clubs. The downside is one of my rounds I could only carry 14. When you're playing a skins game, they don't let you bring 16, 17 clubs. So it was unfortunate. I got stuck with uh, only playing one, you know, 14 clubs, but it's cool. It was all right. I I, I, I'm, I made it through. Um, but the one thing that I've actually been playing, I played both rounds with, uh, was the new, was the Strixon Z-Star XV, which I know I talked about a little bit probably like, I don't know, a month ago. I, I talked about it a few weeks ago, but the, the Z-Star XV, uh, I played, and, and realistically, I wanted to play it because, one, I typically don't use the XV. Uh, I haven't, I, I don't really love the firmer feel of it, and I felt like it never really spun enough with kind of the mid-irons for me. Like, short irons, wedges, I could get it to spin, you can get it to stop, but if you were hitting like a like a six or seven iron into a green, I always felt like there was a little more release there, and uh, it was just one of those things where I felt... The Z Star, I like the feel of it better. I felt I had a little more spin with those, you know, with the the, the middle to uh, top end of the bag, and I just always wanted the Z Star. So the XV, uh, I have a couple dozen of them, and I said, you know what, it's early in the year, let's go play those. Uh, one, I'll see how they play, and two, it's early in the year, and if I play really bad and I lose a few, I don't really care. Um, but I went out and played the. I've been playing the XV, so I played it Thursday and Sunday, and. I do have to say the one thing about the ball that, that I was really impressed with, it is definitely softer than the previous version. Uh, I feel like off the putter, off the wedges, it's not as firm. It doesn't have uh, it doesn't have as much of a kind of click to it. Uh, it's definitely more muted. Uh, there's something about that thing that just has a little softer feel to it. It's got a little better sound. Um, but I really did like the feel of it. And like I said, putting and chipping were the two things that with XV, same thing with like TP, uh, TP5X and even, you know, Pro V1X a little bit. I just didn't love the feel and stuff as much with those balls because they're so much firmer. This, I think, for this year, the 2021 model to me, a little softer, a little more solid feeling. Uh, you know, that is definitely firm, but it doesn't have that like audible like click to it when it when it leaves the putter. So uh, I really like that about it right out of the gate. Um Ball flight wise, I, th I thought it flew really well. It, it's definitely mid high, but it's not crazy low. It, for me, it's still something that you know I can get the ball up in the air. I still don't have to worry about it. is it going to come in too shallow? Is the angle of descent going to be too uh, you know too shallow? Is the ball going to hit release again? Uh, and I found I had a little more you know of that control with um, you know with the, uh, the 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 mid and long or those kind of mid irons that it, the ball did stop. And I, and I don't know if it's because more a little more height little more spin combination of the two but both those i felt like they had a little better distance control at that end of the bag with the xv than i did with the previous generations with it um the the distance wise with this it's really long it definitely has low spin um the off the driver all that i mean you never had anything balloon never had anything rise even with the three wood off the deck because i kind of hit down on a little bit ball just kind of goes up it stays pretty penetrating, and it comes down, and it goes a long way. Um, but overall, I think it's a really, really good ball. The uh, the spin around the green is really solid. I mean, for me, I don't generate a ton, ton of ball. You know, I'm, I'm not a super big hitter or whatever. So, uh, you know, the shots with, like, you know, a 60 that you kind of have to open the face a little bit, hit it, you know, hit it over a bunker, get it to stop short-sided. You know, I, I find there's a little more release there with this ball as, as, as opposed to the Z-Star. Uh, but the long long game side of it with it being really low spin and uh kind of a you know like i said a little more controllable ball for for super high ball hitters or super high spin players um i, I think it's a, a definitely a great option um like i said the, the putting portion of it is is really good the chipping part of part of it's so much better and uh like i said the, the for me that that middle the, those middle irons are, are much easier to control this you know control the distance too so um i've really enjoyed playing the xv i've kind of felt bad that i'm now you know my reason for bringing it out was if i lose them i, I don't care um because it is a really good ball and i think it's much more playable than the previous one i think if you were that person who just needed the craziest low spin and you know you needed that uh 
um, or you needed that that little bit of height on your shots, whatever. I think that stuff's still there. I think the really hardcore guy wants to go super low spin or whatever. The XV may be you know a little higher spin than it used to be, um, but I think overall it's a much more playable ball for more players, and uh, I think those players are going to enjoy using it more. Um, I actually really do. I, I really like it. I think overall I'm going to like Z Star better when I get that out more, just because I always do, but. The XV is is really good. I think it's much improved over last year, at least for me and for for players who are kind of on that fringe between playing, you know, the the low spin ball and, and the higher spin ball. Uh, I think this one here kind of blends that gap a little more, and, and is going to allow more players to play this and really enjoy it. So um, overall, I think the XV is a, a really good ball. I think it's like I said. For most players, it's going to play probably better, and they're going to enjoy it more. Maybe the most hardcore, biggest club head speed guys, they may not love it as much. Um, but I think, like I said, the majority of the other players are really good. The distance-wise, it's it's been fantastic, um, especially off the tee. I've been really impressed with how far it's gone, especially this early in the year when it's still kind of cool. The fairways aren't super firm and fast yet. I mean, they never get crazy firm and fast here, but they're not wildly firm and fast yet or anything like that, and the distance-wise, it's still been really good. Uh, the ball goes pretty darn straight, except when you put really horrible swings on it, which I've been able to do. Um, but again, that's not the ball's fault. But hitting it into the green, it, it, like I said, it, it stops well. It's got a ton of control. And, you know, like I said, for me, the only thing I have to, to consciously play with on this ball is that it will release a little more on those, like, you know, 30-yard shots or, you know, that 25-yard shot over a bunker to get it to stop. Those will, will, will release a little more, but... Nothing crazy. It's still a tour ball. It still has a ton of spin, so it's still gonna, you know, it. You're still gonna be able to stop it, um, and, and it's consistent. I mean, when you hit it, you know it's gonna release a little bit. I know exactly how far it's gonna go, and you just hit the shot. So the XV's been really good, uh, and I'm really impressed with it. I like it better than you know the 2020 and the 20 or the 2019 versions, uh, which I kind of shied away from immediately. Um, this one I actually really do like, and I found that uh, I, I played pretty well with it. So. Um, if you're somebody who's you know kind of shot away from the XV, but you like a little bit about what it's about, try the 2021 version. I think uh, you're really going to like it, especially the feel. I think it's been you know much improved. It's a, a little bit softer, uh, and it has you know less of an audible click to it uh, than than especially the 19 uh, and the 20. So um, give the XV uh, a little a little try there, um, and then the uh, the three wood I've been kind of really actually raving about or not raving but playing really well with lately is uh, Sim 2 Max, and I've actually put the Sim 2 Max with a Ventus Red. Now, this is a Ventus Red prototype, so it looks like a Ventus Blue, uh, but it's a Ventus Red uh, 7X, and I do have to say I've so far been really impressed playing with this thing. I know a lot of you I was, you know, mentioned I was probably going to try to make this, uh, you know, G425 Max work and all that. Uh, so far, I've found that, you know, the Sim 2 Max has been really good. I've, I've hit it really well. Um, it's easy to elevate, easy to get up in the air. It's pretty darn forgiving. The ball speed seems pretty high. The, the sound and feel of it's really good. Um, I like the shape. I know a few people have DM me and stuff and, and kind of complained that, that they found a lot of them are shut. Mine's pretty square. Uh, I do have to say, I, I don't know if I was lucky that this is what they sent in, that it's pretty square, but it's a pretty square face angle. Uh, but overall, I just really like the, the, the club. It's easy to hit off the turf. Um, I have no qualms about, you know, hitting off the turf and, and elevating it and getting into the air, zero problems there. It actually, you know, compared to, say, like Maverick or even my old faithful XR-16, definitely launches a little higher than that. Distance-wise, it may be just a hair behind um, because it doesn't, it does launch so high, but I think, you know, I'm okay with that. I think launching it high and if I'm going to hit it into, you know, some par fives and things like that, uh, you know, I'm going to have more distance control with it. Uh, the Ventus Red in here is... Like I said, I've been a big fan of Ventus Red in a fairway wood for a while now. I think it's just a great fairway wood, especially for somebody who plays like Ventus Blue. Um, it's just it's easy to get the ball up in the air, but it's you know like a lot of shafts that are high, let's call them higher launching, even though I consider this kind of mid high. Um, it's super tight. It's super consistent. It's got a really stiff handle section. So for my quick swing, I've got a lot of control with it. Um, it's probably the best feeling Ventus out of the three. And uh, just overall, I think it's just a phenomenal fairway wood shaft that I think it's overlooked uh, a lot because of the success of blue and black. But uh, this thing here has been been really good. I mean, hit it off the tee. The face is deep enough to hit it off the tee. Like I said, easy to elevate to get it up in the air, to hit it off the turf. Uh, it's just, I, I think a jack-of-all-trades three wood that I've really enjoyed hitting so far. I've got to slap a little lead tape on it or hot melt it 
uh, because of my swing weight. The swing weight is a little low on it at the moment. Um, it's a little light. I haven't measured it yet because it, I do play my three wood short. Uh, but I noticed the other day uh, when I was hitting it off the deck uh, that it it feels a little light. So we definitely need to get it uh, get the weight back up just a little bit. Um, but other than that, I'm I'm pretty happy with it. I don't. I'm still gonna try their stuff. I'm still gonna you know throw some other clubs in the bag. But uh, but this here has done really well, and and I'm starting to get a lot of confidence in it, which is nice. Um, because three woods, that's what you're looking for. You're looking for something that you're gonna be able to hit that every time you. Um, you know, tee the thing up, you're going to hit it well, and you're going to hit it uh, consistently well. And, uh, you know, that's what so far I have uh, been able to do. Like I said, the, the ball flight is a little higher. So on windy days, you know, you're not, for me at least, you're not going to not be able to knock it down and play it truly under the wind like some other three woods. Like I said, I played Maverick Sub-Zero last year. That definitely had a lower ball flight than this, but Overall, I think this is going to be more playable. It's definitely more forgiving, especially, you know, hitting at low heel. It tends to get the ball up in the air a little bit higher, carries a little farther. I can get away with that shot a little better than I could with, with Sub-Zero from last year. So that's the big takeaway there. Like I said, dead, dead center struck shots, it goes pretty good. Maverick Sub-Zero may have it by a, a hair just because it had a flatter launch. But again, I think distance control with this thing is going to be, uh, you know, Definitely more controllable, definitely more easier to get used to, and I don't think it's going to hurt my gaps in any way. So that thing there has been really good. I've been hitting that well. Um, like I said, I, I'll really get a feel for this, you know, if we play tomorrow or, you know, the next coming weeks in my league because I hit so many three woods off the tee. But um, so far, been been really solid. So been a fan of the Sim 2 Max. It's been really good. And then uh, the thing I'm going to start ending every show with every week, because I know, I mean, I know most of you probably don't care, but some of you do. I'm a big watch fan, and if you're not, I totally understand, and, you know, you can turn it off now. But uh, if you don't know, like on the, on the Golf the BRX website, I actually write the, uh, there's an article each week that is basically what's on the wrist, W-O-T-W, that uh, I basically write uh, an article about what the winner of each tournament was wearing, you know, on their wrist when they won. So this week, Stuart Sink, as usual, wasn't wearing crap on his wrist because he just doesn't. He hasn't worn a watch ever. I think he, I went searching through Getty Images in like 2014. He was at like a St. Jude, uh, you know, St. Jude Children's Hospital thing where he was in the actual hospital showing like, you know, teaching kids how to putt and stuff like that. And he was wearing what looked like uh, like a date just or something like that, a Rolex date just with a blue face, but there was no real good images of it. So um, all he was wearing was like a whoop strap. Um, so this week was Lydia Ko, man. So every week I think I'm going to end it with just like, you know, a couple minutes on whatever watch the winner was wearing. Um, and uh, like I said, if, if you don't care, hey, I understand totally. You can turn it off now. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, but Lydia Ko uh, back finally wins. It's been like, 1300 days much like jordan spieth for her uh you know i guess it's so weird thinking that she hasn't won in forever because she was so dominant at like 16 on the lpga tour but um she won the the lot championship over the weekend and was rocking basically a rolex Yachtmaster 40 in rose gold uh with the oyster flex strap on it which has been a super popular watch ricky's been wearing a ton of that watch phil wears that watch and play all the time uh, I think it was uh, Daniel Berger I've seen wearing that watch. There's been like a handful of people really wearing uh, uh, this Yachtmaster 40, uh, either in in the white gold or this rose gold. I think Ricky's been Ricky and Phil been wearing the rose gold. Lydia's wearing the rose gold, um, <clears throat> or as Rolex calls it, ever rose gold. Uh, but uh, yeah, it, it, the Oyster Flex stuff is becoming huge, which is like you know, like I said this rubber strap that has actually titanium blades, as they call them, so pieces of titanium in the band. And it basically the rubber is molded around that, and it basically gives it a bunch of durability. So it you know it's not going to fall apart as easily. It's going to fit a little better, and then it comes together with the traditional uh, Rolex Oyster lock uh, safety clasp that you'd see on an Oyster bracelet. Um, but yeah, the Yachtmaster there, super cool watch. I think it's pretty sweet. The forty, it's forty millimeters, so it's it's super easy to wear. And, and you're seeing a lot of women now wear like the thirty sixes, thirty eights, and forty millimeter watches. It's just bigger watches for women are in. So you know, it's not shocking to see her wear something like this. But uh, yeah, ever rose gold. It's like an eighteen karat gold. Rolex actually controls like their own, you know, rose gold. But every company kind of does. Like if you look at like Audemars Piguet. Uh, you know, if you look at Rolex, if you look at Omega, everybody's kind of 
pink gold, rose gold, whatever they want to call it, is their own kind of hue. Uh, me personally, I think AP does kind of, I, I like their color the best, but but Rolex is pretty good. But they have their own foundry that they kind of keep control of this, control of these things, and they make sure that uh, it's corrosion resistant, that it's not going to, you know, uh, tarnish or, or, ch- or I guess gold doesn't tarnish, but it's not going to change color or anything like that if, uh, you know, if it's in the salt water all the time, all that. Um, I mean, it's a Yacht Master, so the big thing about the Yacht Master is that chunky bezel. It's got a really thick bezel that has uh, graduated numbers uh, in it, and they're actually uh, kind of exposed. They're, they kind of sit up on the uh, on the dot on the bezel, where something like a GMT or you know anything like that, uh, a GMT or a uh, Submariner, everything's smooth or or the numbers are basically etched into it. This is kind of reverse. And it's kind of a matte black with like a all the top of the numbers and the graduations, everything are polished. So uh, that's made out of uh, black ceramic. So it's super scratch resistant, super lightweight, and uh, it's just a, a really kind of a cool setup. I, I'm really liking the Oyster Flex stuff that Rolex is doing right now. They're doing it in the Daytonas. Uh, they're doing it now actually in the Sky Dwellers. They've done it, you know, now in the in the Yacht Master. Kind of just a cool look that it did, that it adds to any of these sport watches, but uh, yeah, her Yachtmaster there. Um, they're hard to get, right? I mean, retail I think twenty seven three, twenty seven thousand three hundred dollars on it. I, I don't think you can get them for that right now. Rose gold Rolexes are super popular, so I'm pretty sure that those trade for over uh, over retail right now. But uh, but yeah, just a really cool watch. I, I'm I'm pretty you know pretty excited that she was wearing something cool. And, uh, you know, the black on rose gold, I think it's just a sweet combination. So I've always been a fan of the Yacht Master. I really like JT. Uh, like JT has been wearing or has been seen wearing a 40 millimeter uh, rhodium dial. So it's got a gray dial. It's got basically, a, I think it's got like platinum in it, but gray dial, oyster band. Um, and it's got kind of almost like a Tiffany or light blue second hand that goes around it. And it's, it's just a cool look. But I've always been a fan of the Yacht Master. I like that chunky bezel without the watch being astronomically huge. But, uh, yeah, Lydia Co. rocking a uh, Yacht Master 40, uh, you know, brand new Yacht Master 40 with, uh, you know, the, the Oyster, Flax, Oyster Flex rubber strap on it. So uh, the reference 126655 uh, is what it is. I think, I mean, I'm going to assume it's the newest one. There was a, a one previous, I believe, to that. But, um but yeah, just a really cool, uh, really cool watch. Super excited to to see that. And like I said, I think I'm going to end each show with uh, just a little talk about what's on that person's wrist because I'm just into it. So anyway, it's all I've got this week. Hopefully you guys have a good week. Hopefully you can play some golf. Hopefully I get to play some golf. Uh, if you want to hit me up with any questions, uh, any suggestions with things I should be testing, anything like that, hit me up on Instagram at Club Junkie Pod. Uh, and, uh, you know, or shoot me a DM if you just had a question or whatever, and then uh, look for Wednesday nights. I do my usual Q&A on there, so you can jump in, ask any questions, anything like that. Um, But again, hopefully everybody has a good week. Play some golf. Hopefully you play well, and uh, we'll talk to you guys next week.